and gentlemen, to the podcast after a podcast. Oh boy. The nighttime podcast. M class oh. email. Oh my god, I got my smoking jacket on. We're sitting in front of a roaring fire together. <laughs> Where we got brandy snifters. <laughs> Conducting a black and tan over here in my brandy snifter. <laughs> uh do we have those cigarette holders? Those longy the, cigarette yeah, holders? Yeah, mine is like a mile long. It's like oh, out it's like the window. Crazy. Oh my god, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, on this show, we read your emails, and then we discuss them one way or another. That's, it's pretty simple. That's all that we do on this show. So if you don't like the email segments on other shows, piss off, because this is You're not gonna for hate. you. You're going to hate this. Because that's all this is. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty one-dimensional. Oh no, it's multi-dimensional. <laughs> no, the emails are great. Oh yeah, our uh, that's first what, email. That's what makes it. Uh, we're just here. We're just. We're actually ruining this episode by talking. It's true. Uh, we ruin every episode by talking. That's true. <laughs> There's just dead air that. for two hours. People would love it. <laughs> uh, our first email of the evening is from Commander J. A. Vincent. Ja Vincent. And it's entitled First Officer's Supplementary Log. Okay. I, I guess we, like, got this by accident. Yeah, he must have sent it to, like, the wrong quadrant or something. I oh, know. It says Trek Boys. Oh, that's us, Trek Boys. <laughs> Greetings from the edge of the neutral zone, Ensigns. Sorry for the text subspace message, but as you'll find out, visual messages are kind of pointless for me now. Dun, dun, okay. dun. After leaving DS9, my ship, the McKenna, was tasked to patrol the edge of the neutral zone for Romulan activity. Everything mm. was quiet until we got a distress call from a ship near us. Captain Cornblower ordered me to lead in an ev- evacuation of British? the ship's crew. Sounds British. It's like hor- like Nathaniel Hornblower. Hornblower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Captain Cornblower. He loves corn. Uh, they they were going to help the evacuation of a ship's crew as they were suffering a critical warp core meltdown. Oh, fuck. We got the crew safely off the ship, but some passengers said I just had to go back and save their prize Gunji Jackdaw. Yeah. I don't have the heart to tell him that uh, after that, someone just sold him a plain old emu. <laughs> <laughs> it was little difference. However, I was caught by the explosion as I was beamed out. <laughs> When I got back, I found out I'd been twinned. No! Like that movie, Twins. <laughs> My t- yeah, that's exactly what happens in that movie. Yeah, he gets <laughs> beamed out of Danny DeVito or something. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, my twins seemed fine at first. It was actually kind of cool. We hung out, played Hunt the Skeletor in the holodeck together, and played <laughs> pranks on the crew. Nice. Then the idiot went full evil and stole the captain's yacht, claiming he was going to get him a Romulan cloaking device and kill the fuck out of some green-blooded hobgoblins. I don't see a problem with any of this. (laughs) Captain Cornhole didn't want to deal with the paperwork. (laughs) Change his name? (laughs) So we watched him disappear into the neutral zone, hoping he didn't start a war, and sure we'd seen the last of his double dumbass. (laughs) Double dumbass on you. Boy, were we wrong. Now who's the double dumbass? Yeah, the double dumbass who follows the double dumbass? Or what? I don't know the rest of it. (laughs) The guy somehow not only got a hold of a cloaking device, he came back and tried to kill me again. 
Oh, my God. He beamed me to the captain's yacht after sneaking up to the McKenna. Having somehow rigged the cloak to work on it, I was able to disarm him and sabotage the cloaking device, but unfortunately, I didn't know anything about cloaking technology, so it blew up in my face. Damn. Getting back up, I suddenly found myself now invisible when viewed from the front. (laughs) That could come in handy. (laughs) Just don't turn slightly when you're sneaking, I guess. Once the cloak dropped, my crew disabled the yacht's shield and beamed over to rescue me. Of course, they found us wrestling together by that point and couldn't tell who to shoot. So they just shot us both. Wow. Fortunately, the crew was able to determine the other me was the transporter twin and returned him to his own timeline. What? What? (laughs) Unfortunately, the doctor determined I was contaminated with Thaleron radiation and would remain (laughs) invisible from the front for a few days until it dissipated. (laughs) Thaleron radiation, like, destroys you. It makes you invisible, apparently. Apparently, maybe it's some kind of, like, Thaleron beta radiation. It makes you invisible from the mortal coil. (laughs) Yeah, it makes you invisible to the memories of your loved ones. (laughs) To top it off, now the crew is acting weird around me because they can only ever see me from the behind and can't ever see my face. I think they want to check me for a goatee. Anyway... (laughs) I gotta go for now. I'm back on duty in a couple hours, and I need to find a way to shave since I can't see my face. Signed, Commander J.A. Vincent, First Officer, USS McKenna's Pride. That was that was a ride, dude. Yeah, that was a that ride. Was a ride. Uh, I, I went on like, a ride. <laughs> I feel like this is a very sneaky way to bypass our no one but rich masters could write a story. <laughs> 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 oh man, that was good though. I like I like the part where they couldn't see your wiener because they can't see your front. Yeah, nobody even knows if you have a wiener anymore. That's yeah. crazy. That is crazy. You don't even know if you have a wiener anymore, actually. I mean, you could probably feel your wiener. You better look at something sexy and find out. <laughs> Our next email. Okay. Uh, it's another story time. Okay. We'll come back to that. All right. Our next next email is from Ensign Colin Brady. Uh, Tom Brady's brother, Colin Brady. Hmm, I feel like you've said that before. Because yeah, it's true, he is. It's entitled Star Trek Anachronisms. Oh, here we go. This is going to be good. Hey, Monster Treks. One of my favorite... That's actually really clever, Monster Treks. <laughs> One of my favorite quirks of Star Trek is how incredibly obvious it is that the computer technology of the future is inspired by computer technology of the time. My favorite quark is the one who owns the bar. Data pads are treated more like individual books or sheets of paper which need to be physically passed between people instead of computers (laughs) that can hold thousands of documents which can be transferred between pads remotely. Data pads are just one thing, which is, like, stupid as fuck. (laughs) Those are such a waste of resources. Why would you do that? It's it's horrible. The large ship and station-wide computer systems act more like large physical machines with programs and subroutines being routed through different sections and computer upgrades almost always being hardware rather than software-based. Mm-hmm. Plus, the internet doesn't seem to really exist. Public databases and stock exchanges do exist, but traditional websites seem to be absent. Any, yeah. Are there any examples of this that stick out to you guys? 
Uh, the data pads one is the one that bothers me. Like, it doesn't really bother me. I can, I can turn my brain off about it, but, like, when there's, like, someone's, like, buried in work and they have, like, 50 data pads on your desk, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck kind of dumb-ass way of doing things? Like, like obviously they didn't know that, like, pa- like iPads and, sh- and even, like, Windows even were going to be that way, right? Like, they didn't really know that, so they couldn't visualize it. They'd have to be, like, prophetic as fuck, but that one bothers me. The thing that bothers me is also a pacing issue that's caused by it that really makes it stand out to yeah, me. Yeah. When somebody says computer, search blah, 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 and the computer says processing. Right. And then like there's it, like five seconds of silence. Like in our real world, it's instant. Like Google's yeah. like point zero 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 one microsecond, right? It's like some crazy fucking... Like, insanely fast time but not only does like Jordy have to sit there for five seconds and wait for the computer to run through its fucking shit but also we do as the audience yeah that's the yeah. only one that really sticks out to me because it affects me and only i matter this <laughs> this is true this is redundant because i hate the movies the 2009 movies but anytime you mentioned that like systems are hardware but, like, any time in those movies when they go to engineering and there's, like, water tubes or... <laughs> like, like why like why the fuck would a ship... Like, water's not going to cool a nuclear reactor. Like, like it's you know what I mean? Like, the, the, you need more. You need something else. Like, I don't understand yeah. why there's water. They decided, like, at su- they decided at some point that engineering is the inside of a water treatment plant. Like, the rest it, of the ship yeah. is futuristic as fuck, right? Right. It, like, holograms, bright white light walls, like, touchpads right. everywhere. You go down to engineering, just fucking metal pipes. Water water tubes. Pipes. Yeah. Stupid as fuck. It's fucking dumb. It's like... And then you get the apologists who are like, It's like the where they make the water. It's like, what? They just, they just make water. The space. They just have it. <laughs> the... They make the water in tubes in engineering? And they, like, flow the water around? Like, what are they... Why? That's dumb as fuck. It's stupid. I fucking hate it. Nowhere else in the... If all the places in the ship are routed with, like, 1990s plumbing or whatever... Yeah. Like... How do they fix it when the ship gets shot? Like, how do they fix any of that shit? Why is it outside the walls in engineering but nowhere else? It's just flowing around like a goddamn fucking water park in there. Stupid as fuck. I hate it. Thanks for the email, Ensign <laughs> Colin Brady, USS Ada Loveless. Thanks, thanks, Colin. I came up with a good name, he says, after that. Ada Loveless? Ada Loveless? I don't... Lovelace? I don't, I don't is get Love, it. Is she a porn star? I, maybe. Google it. Lovelace, I think, is a, is a porn star. Our next email is from uh, signed by no one, so I guess okay. I'm gonna say Michael. <laughs> and right. uh, he said it's entitled TNG box set. Okay. And it says, "Hey boys, just listening to the latest email episode. Josh, if you want the box set, I'm happy to pay postage. What? I, I make metal art, and I've sent some overseas, including a cool X-wing to Asterios Coconos. I've included a picture." <gasps> it doesn't cost as much as you'd think to ship. Anyway, I'm not a patron, so I'm very happy to pay to send it as a thanks for your great show. Oh, thank you. And then he said P.S. and put someone else's Patreon in there, which I won't say. <laughs> 
Instead, I will indeed say patreon.com slash amclasspodcast. <laughs> I'm going to assume I know what that other one is. Uh, no, it's not what you think it is. Oh, okay. It's Asterios Kokonos' Patreon. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, sorry, Asterios. I figure people could probably figure out what it is, though. <laughs> 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 um... I'd also like to take one quick minute to thank Mr. Coconos himself, who sent yeah. us more letters to the magazine Starlog. Oh, fuck yes. Which uh, I can read this time, or I can save it for next time, since we still have like like seven or eight emails to go Let's through. save it. Are we going to remember? Oh, God. Let's, I'll save I love it. This, like, I won't click on it. I'll just leave it in email. Okay. All right. All right. I love these. These are so fun. Our next email is is the story time I skipped a minute ago. Okay. From Phantom Thief Goofus, who is now in the storyline business. Sure. Love that Goofus. <laughs> and it is entitled Star Trek TNG, The Goofus Timeline. <laughs> oh, no. Ahoy there, Trek boys. It's your favorite space criminal Phantom Thief Goofus. <laughs> he is my favorite. I forget he's a criminal. That's how good he is. Thanks. <laughs> Things have been slow here on the Wings of Rebellion, my super cool <laughs> spaceship. That is a, such a dope name. <laughs> that name is straight out of, like, Last Starfighter or something. We're currently it's very, waiting. It's very dope. It's very 80s. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're currently waiting to do a job with Cool Crimes, Inc. Future. So now we have to wait an undisclosed location for our future selves to travel back in time to meet us. I mean... I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, I think you've, like, won the crime game at this point. Like, it's like it's like Looper. Like, who's going to touch you? Like, what are they going to do to you? I would watch out for my future selves if I were you. Yeah, we all know how that ends. In Turns the meantime, into Bruce Willis and he tries to murder you. Oh, my God. My nightmare come true. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, however, I wanted to take on a long-term writing project. I decided okay. to try and rewrite, edit, and overall fix the first and second seasons of TNG. All right. I will be going in order as defined by the next Netflix releases. I'm calling this project Star Trek The Next Generation, The Goofus Timeline. You know you're going to be doing this for, like, longer than we're doing the show, right? <laughs> like, eventually we're going to get tired of emails and stop. And like <laughs> that's never happened, Jeff. You're gonna be in season one still, <laughs> Jeff. We've never not done emails. No, never. You can't prove that we haven't. <laughs> yeah, prove it. I'll be going in order as defined by the Netflix releases. I'm calling this project Star Trek: The Next Generation: The Goofus Timeline, or TGT for short. <laughs> Essentially, this would be an alternate take on the TNG crew with my devilish goofus charm. Oh, obviously. What was the butterfly effect that created this alternate timeline? I don't know. They never brought back the McRib or something. Who cares? They always bring back the McRib. It's disgusting. It makes just as much sense as what JJ was thinking up in his head. Here's the thing about the McRib. This is yeah. an eight-hour podcast, so it doesn't matter if I tangent. Yeah, fuck it. Here's the thing about the McRib. Uh, it sucks a dick. Why it's does everybody terrible. like it so much? It's like dog food. Like, literally, it's dog yeah, food. Yeah, it's very... It's like completely bland, tasteless meat with yeah. cloyingly sweet sauce on it. Yo, that sauce is like... It's so sweet, it's like bitter. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like it's so sweet, like, you eat it, and you're, like, sweating. Because you're like, oh my god, what is in my mouth right now? Acid? Your taste buds are like, this is wrong. 
Yeah. This is not a real food. This is not actual food that humans consume. Here we go. Well, he says it makes just as much sense as JJ was thinking. Yeah. Here we go. TGT episode one, Encounter at Farpoint. This is a good episode already. Yeah, this one's good. Go to the next one. <laughs> the crew are chilling at the bridge. We get a small sip, snippet of what the crew is like. Picard is at the helm, calm Jean-Luc, and collected. He seems mm-hmm. tense, like some horse shit is about to go down. Yeah. Riker is stroking his non-beard. <laughs> what? <laughs> Worf Wesley is bugging? You gotta edit this shit, bro. You gotta edit this. <laughs> Worf Wesley is bugging his mom, asking if they're there yet. Bev is listening to her ocean soundscapes, ignoring her son. Mm-hmm. Data is practicing blinking with Jordy. Oh, come on. That's oh. mean. That's so mean. Uh, Worf How is would he sharpen- know when he's blinking? <laughs> Worf is sharpening his batleth, even though he's super not allowed to have one. What? He can have one. Yar is alive, and Troy is keeping a psionic lookout for strange life forms. <laughs> Troy. Then Q shows up. The studio audience loses their shit. <laughs> it's like uh, married with children when he says something yeah. ridiculous. Fucking, uh, <laughs> fucking Christina Applegate comes through the door and everybody goes, Ow! Yeah, they go Ow! nuts. You're 15. Ow! That's the 80s. Wow! <laughs> Fuck off, Q. I don't have time for this, Picard says, not even looking at him. Mm-hmm. Wait, how do you know who I am? This is the first time we've met, said Q. <laughs> All right. Maybe from your perspective, but you were my childhood bully. You pants me at my high school graduation. What? Fascinating. Give me a moment. Q then blips out of existence for a second, then blips back. Wow, that was super fun. Thanks for the idea, bud. Whoa, <laughs> it's a paradox. Worf then leaps into action, ready to kill this guy with his bat left. Q stops him in midair. Gonna be hard to swing around your sharp stick without a skeleton, don't you think, dum-dum? <laughs> Worf then loses his entire skeleton and flops to the ground. His uh, bat left clatters Pottered. to the floor. You have to drink some bone grow. Oh, shit, Wesley says with mouth agape. Watch it, little man, or you're next, said Q with a crazy look in his eye. This is just like Q fan fiction if, the, if like, Goofus was Q. Like, Goofus was like, I want to be Q and murder people. Damn, you shit-talked Q and it made me sneeze. Jesus. <laughs> you're allergic to, like, how good he is. Uh, Picard sighs. What do you want, Q? What will it take for you to give back Mr. Worf his skeleton? Humanity sucks, and I want the whole shitty species on trial. If I find you guilty, I'll exterminate you all. Oh my god. This is an excuse to put on a silly costume and pretend you have the moral high ground, isn't it? Nice. No. Shut up! (laughs) The entire crew is then voiped to some sort of liminal space. (laughs) Humanity sucks because Hitler existed, Q says in a stupid judge's wig and robe. (laughs) Yeah, so did Mr. Rogers and Bob Ross. Evil and good aren't Damn. something you can't just describe to a whole species. I bet you're like the Bill Cosby of whatever the fuck you are, Picard, Picard said, putting his feet up on the stand because fuck this kangaroo court. <laughs> Objection, Wesley snivels. Oh, God. Q slams his 
Gabble? G-A-B-B-L-E. It's like a future gavel. I sentence the boy to infinite deaths. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wesley then has a heart attack. No one cares. That is that just one? Do we only get to see one of the infinite deaths? I guess we'll find out. He's like Doctor Strange. He just keeps coming back. Dormammu, I'm here to bargain. He dies differently every time. Your species... I don't want to think about that movie. Uh, that movie's great! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That movie's great. The, it's... I'm going- I'm going to bat for that movie. The movie is visually fucking stunning. And That's cool. but I don't give a fuck what happens to the, to the villains or like the plot. Well, they just needed to have Doctor Strange show up. Uh right. your species also locked up children in cages, dropped the atom bomb countless times and came up with the countless ways of justifying it all. Not to mention you came up with toll booths. <laughs> That's the real takeaway. Toll booths. Picard takes a long drag of his space cigarette and puts it out on Wesley's corpse. Fuck. What is happening? You done? Okay, good. If that alone is enough to sentence the whole species to death, then you may as well stamp out all life in the universe. Klingons are hypocrites in terms of honor and battle. Vulcans nuked themselves up into living in Fist of the North Star before they purged emotions. (laughs) The Ferengis are practicing capitalists. (laughs) <laughs> but if you actually carried through on what you claim to be your morality, you'd break all your toys, wouldn't you? You are a petty, tyrannical god, just like the kind we grew past all thousands of years ago. The nature of all intelligent life is to grow and improve, something I don't think you're capable of doing. So fuck off and give Worf his skeleton back. It's all to get Worf's skeleton back. It's a very noble cause. There's a good minute of heavy tension. Courts adjourned. The crew is then voiped back to the Enterprise. Oh my god, it's like I'm watching this. This is like very <laughs> visceral for me. Sir, Riker says, we're like 45 minutes from Farpoint. Shall we prep for our mission? Make it so. End of part one. By the way, Worf got a skeleton bag. Oh god, I was... Th- <laughs> we weren't gonna save that for part two. Uh, whatever. <laughs> oh my god, why am I sick now? I'm just sneezing. Like, my nose is so sneezy. It's because, um, I don't know, dust? (laughs) (laughs) So what did you guys think? Should I keep going? Was it too long? (laughs) I know I'm no rich best friend of Bev Crusher Masters, but I liked (laughs) doing this. I think you mean the Crushinator? The (laughs) Crush... But, Pa, I love him. See you around, Trek boys. Phantom Thief Goofus, captain and founder of Cool Crimes, Inc. Thanks, Phantom Thief Goofus. I will say, it might be a little on the long side. (laughs) (laughs) I like that Worf got his skeleton back. I was pretty happy about that. He wasn't going to be able to do much bat-lething without that skeleton. Yeah, kind of useless as a non-skeleton-having Klingon. My cats are going fucking crazy right now. I'm trying not to fucking sniffle into the microphone, but my nose is like, hey, you know how you haven't been sick in a really long time? I know that you're doing cocaine over there. I know what you're really doing. Man, I wish. You're starting um, that Adderall to try to keep yourself awake tonight. <laughs> pretty much. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight because I'm fucking sick now. You need anyway, thanks ben- for the you need email, Benadryl. You need Benadryl, man. You need Methadryl. Do you have um, <laughs> that's not going to help. Uh, our, next, our next email is from Pizza Man. Oh, Pizza Man! <laughs> From the Discord, Pizza Man. <laughs> you guys man. started Discord. Pizza Man is notorious in the Discord. 
Pizza Man, there are like probably five strong personalities that push the course of the Discord very heavily. Yeah. And Pizza Man is definitely one of them. Pizza Man is uh, like the resident inappropriate picture picture linker. (laughs) I'd also like to point out that Pizza Man's email address is at (laughs) aim.com. How the fuck did that happen? What year are you sending these from? Is it 2000? It is entitled Will Wheaton Manga. So I know Josh is going to love it. Oh boy. Ahoy track boys. Hi. It's me Pizza Man, the guy with 3 volumes of the Star Trek manga for some reason. Nice. Oops, I forgot to write in the Star Trek manga chapter that was written by Will Wheaton last week. I guess I'll do it now. Here we go. <laughs> oh my god. Art of War, story by Will Wheaton. Okay. He's just describing the manga. Uh, so we start off with a split-screen view showing the respective trial of Ca- trials of Captain Kirk and a Klingon officer, Commander Kring. Oh, that's a good Klingon name. I was being Kirk. sarcastic. <laughs> Kirk being accused of releasing enemy prisoners, Kring being accused of cowardice in the face of the enemy. Both, of course, plead not guilty, and we go into the flashbacks. Yes, flashbacks, the number one storytelling device. (laughs) A distress call goes out from the Federation mining facility, so Kirk responds to rescue, and Krang responds to take their titanium. Tritanium. Okay, good. That's titanium. (laughs) She's worthless. Which is when we get patak.jpg. He's linked images, which is great for an audio medium. (laughs) He's from 1999. He doesn't know. <laughs> this is an altercation. He's actually the youngest person on the Discord, too, he by far. He was born in 1999. He doesn't know. <laughs> there is an altercation between the Feds and the Klingos, and Kirk slash Kring gets separated from their crews after an earthquake dumps them into the mine. <laughs> okay. I love the All Klingos. Right. Klingos is a good, a good slang term. Kirk and Kring know they're near each other in the mine, but haven't run into the... E- haven't run into each other until they come to a large cavern where they briefly fight until a large creature bursts out. A Jeru. What's that? I don't know. This is hard to read because it's like all one block of text. Oh, yeah, you get lost. (laughs) Uh, Kirk and Kring fight together to take it down using various mining tools, big rocks, and punch rushes. See punchrush.jpg. You guys can't see it, but... Is that like like an anime, like, liney, punchy move? Is that what that is? Uh, no, it's really not drawn that well. Oh. Well, I can't... If that's not what it is, I have no idea what else it could be. Uh, let me click on it before I say what it is, actually. Check it Uh, out. No, it's actually not like that. What, they, like, double punching? No, he's, like, doing, like, a bunch of punches, like, comedically, punching it in the arm, and it's not doing anything. Oh. He's also making a very obvious, like, Sailor Moon-esque anime shocked face. Oh god, I hate hate manga so much (laughs) This is American made No Japanese person touched this (laughs) Well that's even worse Because like at least like like Real manga like That's like the style But this is like a facsimile of the style Uh, The the creature falls into a pit Nearly taking Kring with it Kirk saves him and they make it to the surface Where the crew of the Enterprise have captured the Klingons Kirk and Kring respect each other by now, so Kirk lets him go, and Kring doesn't kill him. Spock is a dumb nerd and tells Kirk he'll have to report this action, and one of Kring's officers calls him a coward. We head Hmm. back to the present with the trials. 
Kirk is given a slap on the wrist, and Kring is called a traitor and a spy. As the chapter closes, Kirk acts that the small Kirk hopes that the small act of friendship will help build bridges in the future, as we see in end.jpg. But what about Kring? He gets like totally fucked. Yeah, I guess they kill him. I don't know. That's not gonna help anything. <laughs> all in all, it's nothing special in terms of story, but it could have been a lot worse. It's better than the chapter that the dude who wrote the Trouble with Tribbles wrote. That one's a real stinker. Oh my god, I don't know if I can handle these. Anyway, bye bye. Oh, he does die. He's in a fucking coffin. <laughs> what? They put him in a coffin? Yeah, Kring is in a coffin. Dead. Is it like a human coffin? Like a Dracula coffin? It is, is a it? Dracula coffin. <laughs> Why would they have Dracula coffins? <laughs> they don't have coffins. They're Klingons. They just they, like throw they, you outside. They're just like whatever. Fuck you, dude. They put you in a coffin. A Dracula coffin, so you could come back later. I hope part two is that he's a Dracula. That would be the only <laughs> thing that would make sense. Uh, I am not criticizing emails tonight. I've done it twice. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. I'm only giving you tips to make better emails in the future. <laughs> so Tips so that I don't fuck up so much when I read them. <laughs> Thank you for that email. I feel like... I, I'm almost certain that the art in this is by Girahiro, who still does art for American comics in the style of, like, children's manga right. to this day. Maybe. Because there's a uh, comic coming out soon that I'm actually looking forward to, especially the backlash that it's going to cause, called uh, Superman vs. the Clan. <laughs> like the Ku Klux Klan? Oh, it's Klan? called Superman Smashes the Ku Klux Klan. I would buy that. I will buy it too. And it's like <laughs> Superman befriends these kids, these two black kids who are targets of the Ku Klux Klan, and then yeah. he literally dismantles their entire operation. Yeah, that's like wish fulfillment. That's like a like yes. Tarantino-esque, like, um, uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Like, I would watch there, the shit out of that. I'd read that. There's an absolutely great newspaper comic that, like, DC Comics during World War II kept getting uh, constant letters. Like, why doesn't Superman intervene in the war? Yeah, why? Why aren't there Superman that? war stories? Why isn't he on yeah. the front lines? And they were like, here's what would happen if Superman inv- intervened in the war. And it was three panels. One of him flying over and picking up Hitler. Yeah. Then he flies and picks up Tojo, and then he drops them off at the Hague. <laughs> And that's the end of the comic. <laughs> that's nice of them. He didn't throw him into the sun? That's what I would have done. He should have. Superman's got this strict no-killing rule, and uh, except right. that one time he did it. When he kill- oh, he, he has a, a strict, uh, I'll definitely lobotomize you rule. Well, only in the evil futures. Yeah, then he turns into, like, The horrible. overlord Superman. Yeah, it's horrible. The, uh... In canonically, I don't know, they fucking reboot comics a million times, but canonically in the 80s, he killed the Kryptonian criminals. He executed them. Oh, the Zod? Those dudes? Yeah, Zod, Ursa, and Non, yeah. He kills them? In the comics, yeah. Like, they were supposed to be put to death, but escaped into the Phantom Zone, and, like, they're literally gonna kill all life on Earth unless oh, he does it. So. In the movie, he they just put them in the Phantom Zone. That's, like, their prison, yeah. right? Uh... I don't, like, he just kills them. Because they're like, we figured out how to get out of the Phantom Zone. Let's we'll do it again. I haven't seen that movie in, it's got to be 20 years since I've seen that movie. 
Superman 2 is good. I, th- I think yeah, I like Superman 1 better. That's the one where he flies back in time by flying around the Earth. Yeah. Though. That's dumb as shit. That is a visual representation of him traveling through time. It's dumb as shit. <laughs> I've never understood people's complaints with that. He's not actually turning the world back. It's just a visual representation of him traveling through time. I don't see the, pl- the problem. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, he goes back to save Lois. That's what it is. Yeah, Lois gets murderized. Yeah, that's right. Look, you don't know what happens if you fly around the world backwards. <laughs> You've You're never right. done it. You're right. I don't. It could. It could be. That could be the secret to time travel. I don't know. Our uh, our next email is from also not given a name at the end, so I'm just going to say the first name from the email address, Lee. <laughs> Hi, Lee. And it is entitled "Let's Talk About Scants, Baby." Let's talk about you, you and, and me. me. I want to wear some scants. Yeah, they're so pretty with my peen. <laughs> You brought it around. I didn't know if you were going to be able to. I did it. It's on top of my head. I just did it. I could be a rapper. It's literally just called Let's Talk About Scants, though, but that's where my mind went immediately. That's. I could have sworn that that's what it was. (laughs) Well, now it's that. Hey, Trek Boys. Hi. First, let me start off by saying I've been podcast stalking Josh ever since Fantasy Fiction. Oh, my God. But now that I'm here, Jeff is awesome, too. Thank you. (laughs) I think Jeff's better than me. I disagree. Uh, Your show has added a whole other layer to watching Star Trek with inside information. How interesting. All that John Lyric had information you can handle. (laughs) It's too much for me sometimes. My wife and I were burning through Voyager, constantly making fun of the Kazon, the Delta Quadrant Klingons. I'm so sorry that you're doing this to yourself. Dude. The Kazon are like broccoli monsters that attack Yo. the Powerpuff Girls, but for real. <laughs> that episode is amazing. I love it that is. episode. <laughs> they eat them. I love it. Uh, if you can survive this with your wife, you'll be together forever. <laughs> it's true. My wife and I had to stop watching it at a certain point. We were like, all right, that's enough. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. Uh and how Janeway always speaks with as little mouth movement as possible, like when she says Chicote, which is like 30 times an episode. Chicote. We stopped watching Voyager because there was no payoff for it getting better. We may yep. be back to it in a little bit. <laughs> well, you won't. <laughs> that's Voyager, man. There's no payoff. Yep. That's, that's the, the payoff beginning, is, middle, and end. The payoff is you did it. That's it. Congrats. I guess you're free. <laughs> Anyway, we went back to Next Gen because it does get better, and we're plowing through Season 1 where they literally throw everything at the screen to see what sticks. Every episode is an expose on a different character. (laughs) You guys are right. Wesley Crusher is the worst character. He's almost unbearable to watch with his early 90s supersized wool sweater and constant shit-eating grin. Yeah, he sucks. (laughs) The Traveler plotline and where no one has gone before is cool and all, but Wesley is not. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about Wesley. He sucks, but also his actor sucks. It's a double so it's whammy. Like a, I was going to say the same thing, man. I was uh, listening to uh, Gunship today. and uh, As you always should be. As I always do, usually do. And uh, they did a... Um, they did a song for uh, Ready Player One, the movie. It's in the movie called mm-hmm. Artemis and uh, a Parzival. And there's a video for it. And it's a cool video where it's like a video game. Like They like to do that a lot, right? Where it's like, here's oh, a video yeah. game video. 
it's like based off the book and like things happen in the book. And then I remi- was reminded of the book, and then I re- was reminded about listening to the audio book, and it's read by Will Wheaton. And Why how did you listen to that? Yo, it was torture. It was fuck. And he's like trying to do like different voices. And he always oh like I'm gonna try to be like Will Wheaton reading the book. He'll he'll like read a sentence. He'll be like, and then Parzival pulled out his lightsaber from 1977 Star Wars. Like he reads it like he's like getting a boner while he's like reading the book while he's doing the audio. Oh my! It's like you gotta I've... get a boner when you read things. <laughs> Is that what's happening when you're doing this show? Yeah, when I oh. when I talk like that. Oh, cool. <laughs> But anyway. really, what caught my eye was towards the end of the episode. <laughs> He's getting a boner. I can hear it. There was a shot of what looks to be Harold Sans Kumar with a stunned look in his eyes, dressed in a mini skirt. Yeah. Then the next episode also starts with Picard and Riker in dress uniforms with leotard leggings. Anytime yeah. there's a guy wearing the scant with bare legs, he's always a background character. What's what is his story? He wants Since to wear totally- scants. I'd wear a scant. Fuck that. You get the scant in the game. You can wear the scant. Fuck yeah. Since I totally missed this gender-neutral decision the first time around with the series, I would love to know your opinions on the scant. Combination skirt and pant. I think it's great. What are your thoughts on bare legs when working with dilithium or plasma conduits? Eh, they're not... I mean, they don't really care about any of that shit, right? Like, nobody's... Nobody engineering is wearing, like, safety gear. Yeah, it's you're just... not wearing a safety outfit. You're yeah. wearing, like, a wool onesie. Yeah, like, it's just, it's like, It's not going to save you. Right. You're you're near, like, a like an antimatter matter reaction. Like, nothing you do is going to, like, protect you from any... You know, if the protections aren't there, like, you're fucked anyway, so... <laughs> I like this game. I think it's super... I really think it's, like, ahead of its time. I mean, like, think about it. Like, this is oh, 1988, yeah. 87. Like, and Gene Roddenberry's, like, guys are going to wear skirts. <laughs> and they, they do today. Like, yeah, and now they do. And like nobody was like, like yeah, that's a logical leap. Like nobody thought that. The thing is, like Josh and I aren't the type of people who could pull off wearing a skirt. No, we can't wear scants. Like maybe, I maybe fifteen I am a, years. A very ago, large. I I'm like a very tall, doughy man. I'm yeah. not gonna look great in a skirt. I barely look great in pants. Like <laughs> I would look great in a skirt when I weighed like 110 pounds. I'd look yeah, amazing. You would have been able to pull game. that off great. Actually. Yeah, I would look great. Um, I think the guy who you're talking about who's wearing it pulls it off. I think it looks really yeah, good. Yeah, he on looks him. good. I think it looks great on like the the lady extras that are wearing it as well as mm. well. And I feel like if it was tailored a little bit more to the dudes who are wearing it, it would look right. better as well. Right. I just like that they were like, yeah, put them in skirt. Like, who cares, right? It's the future. Like, that's like very forward thinking. I think it is. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's forward thinking that came true as well. Like, yeah. There, there was a moment the other day where I was in Target getting cat food. Okay. What kind of cat food was it? <laughs> huh? What kind? Imes. Oh, wow. What is Mr. Moneybags over here? Man, I fucking wish we hadn't <laughs> started with Imes. But, um... <laughs> I was I was spending my life savings on cat food, and I was looking through the men's clothing section because I needed a new pair of pajama pants because I don't go outside. Fuck that, right? <laughs> yeah, those are and, just called pants around here. <laughs> and uh, I just sort of like glanced through the guys section, and like I started looking over in the women's section, and I was like, man, all of this looks so much better than what we get. Yeah, I've There's worn so skirts. Many, like, 
there's so many styles and cuts yeah. and patterns, and I'm like, this all looks fucking great. No wonder guys who are into fashion eventually always end up wearing women's clothes. They're, dude, it skirts looks are better. so comfortable. They're fucking. I used to do it just like as like a goof. Like I would put a skirt on like at my girlfriend's house and be like, "Hey, what does this look like?" Because I was like real fucking skinny. Like I used to be like like I said like 110 pounds, and like all her clothes would fit me. And she'd be like, "Put this on," and I'd be like, "Okay," and I would just like wear her shit. And then, like, there was, like, a thing. And it was so comfortable. I, I was like, I can't go back to pants. <laughs> pants <laughs> suck. Skirts like I, rule. Dudes do it all the time now. Like, there, there are people who are, like, brave enough to wear actual skirts and call them skirts. But then there yeah. are dudes who wear the kilts, kilt. which the are kilt. just skirts with a bag in the front. Yeah, the kilt is like a like a cheat, I feel. It's like, you're wearing a skirt. <laughs> It's just yeah. a fucking skirt, dude. Just accept it. Like, it looks yeah. fine. It's okay. You can just say it. It's fine. I know kilts are, like, Scottish, like, traditional wear, but it's a skirt. When I went to the I went to the Irish Heritage Festival, and I bought two bottles of mead. Oh, God. I want... I never had it. I want some. Dude, this mead has juniper berries in it, exactly like the fucking dirty Fabio says at the beginning of Skyrim. <laughs> mead with ju- juniper berries. Uh, the- and it is... <laughs> Yeah. The best dr- alcoholic drink besides like cocktails I've ever yeah. had. Oh, God. It's you're so making good. me want it. You're making me want it. It tastes like like a really like sweet, nice, like beery kind of wine. Okay, yeah, they have those like high alcohol beers that kind of are like that. Um but I, I, I would imagine meat is, like, way better. It's got honey in it and shit. Oh, yeah. Like, it's very sweet. It's, yeah. like, it's really good. Like, yeah. you drink more than you think you're drinking. Oh, that's, a, that's, that's just normally what I do anyway. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> like, I had, a, I had a glass of mead before we started, actually. Oh, this but, fucking um, guy with this mead. Oh, he's making me jealous. I also threw axes. There was a nice video of Oh, I saw you axes. throwing the axes. I've done that, that before. So fucking fun, dude. The axes are fun. I did the knives too, which are like really hard. Oh yeah, I don't doubt that. Like, Can't get the for knives some reason right. I had beginner's luck, right? Like I stepped yeah. up and I was she was like the lady who sounded just like Cindy Lauper. You can hear her in the video on my Why Twitter. Why is she so unusual? <laughs> She was like, there you go, Cindy Lauper. <laughs> Maybe it was Cindy Lauper. Has anyone seen Cindy Lauper lately? But, like, she was showing me how to do it, and she was like, yeah, you just let it go right here, and, like, yeah. you put your thumb here. And I was like, all right. And I did it, and it just stuck the first yeah, time. Yeah, some people are really good at it. I'm not very good at like, it. Like, everybody else was, like, knocking it off the backboard. Yeah, the, it bounced. And I just, like, stuck it the first time, and then it became every other time I could stick it. Yeah. And then when it came time to score it, because they were doing, like, a contest, yeah. I hit once out of five times. You got like, reverse Fuck. good. I hit the middle. I went with Luke and Mike one time to an axe-throwing place in Philly, a hipster axe-throwing place. And I hit the middle thing to get, like, double points or whatever oh, it was. that's awesome. And people were like, wow! And I was like, I don't, I wasn't trying. It just happened. <laughs> yeah, I the just, axe wanted to do it. it just, I, just, I, didn't, I didn't do it that. I yeah. was barely involved in this decision. <laughs> Uh, what was I saying about this fucking feather? Oh, they they had like utility kilts there, which were like yeah. fucking like black tactical kilts, and oh, I was like, yeah. just, just accept you're wearing a skirt, man. That's you don't like have to try and manly that shit. Yeah, up. that's like borderline like like uh. When I see shit like that, I always think of like um proud boy shit. 
You know what I mean? Like like weird. You're tr- like you're trying to like yeah. At that point, you're like so afraid of anything right. feminine that you're trying to hyper masculinize something to get away from it. Right. It's too far. Yeah, I agree. I like the scant though. Just put just put skirts on. Wear women's underwear. Who gives a fuck? Who gives the, a fuck about nothing? Who matters. gives a fuck? Who cares? Dude. Just wear whatever you want. Wear whatever you want. Who cares? I find I find the scant to have the same problem that the early seasons TNG uniforms do, and that they don't fit right, and they're made out of a bad material. Yeah, the well, they weren't like itself is cool. They weren't fitting them to the extra. You know what I mean? Like they were just like yeah. you're doing this. Like they weren't fitting them to the. They definitely had like one scant of each color, and every time you yeah. see a scant, it's the same. The same scan. You see them like three times, I think, two or three times. They drop it pretty quick. Yeah. They were like, we don't want people thinking that there's some gays in the future. Yeah, God. God forbid. Uh yeah, I don't I don't think it would be any problem with dealing with dilithium or plasma conduit. No, that's dude, I'm telling you. If you're not if something happens, it's like catastrophic. Like that shit is locked down, dude. Like, none of the uniforms are going to stop you from getting killed. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Thanks for the email, Lee. Our next email is from Yakub. Yakub! Thank you, Yakub, for always sending in an email. He's He's, consistent. He's always on it. He's always on it. Uh, It's entitled Discord's Yellow Period. (laughs) Okay. And it's a piss timber edition of Pitch It or Ditch It. <laughs> piss timber? Uh, Are we in piss timber right now? Is that the I month? guess it's piss timber twelfth. It's well, it was piss timber nine eleven, <laughs> but now oh. it's piss timber twelfth because it's late night. I'll never forget. Um, <laughs> one is TNG the Tinkle Zone. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What? Alright, what's going on? What are we doing? Da- Data learns that humans pee and modifies his unit to be even more fully functional. Oh, yeah. Why his pissing it be? module has a malfunction and he is forced to pee in the corner of a crowded turbo lift. <laughs> Data learns shame. He wouldn't feel shame. He wouldn't care. It would be more uh, funny if he would pee the bed. I think that would be funnier. Because he he's like to a go child. to the captain, his dad, and be like. Captain Dad, I peed the bed. And, like, Dr. Crusher's like, well, it's normal for children to do it, Data. Maybe you're going through, like, what a child does, you know? He's like, Uh, well, no, I'm not doing it accidentally. Yeah, something's wrong. I'm a robot. I'm doing it on purpose. (laughs) Is that not what you humans do? Oh, is it, like, by not a choice? Oh, you're just doing it? Uh, Two is Deep Space Nine, the whiz of the warrior. (laughs) Oh, my God. Odo is investigating humanoids entering a previously unused room at Quark's. Upon entering, he meets Rom dressed in a tux, offering gum and cologne. Rom <laughs> suggests Odo try to use the bathroom. <laughs> but the changeling can't model a functional urinary tract. Odo instead turns into a urinal to observe the phenomenon of pissing. Oh my god. Yakub, are you a sex pervert? This is, is this a sex weirdo email? <laughs> Is this a sex weirdo email? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I feel like Yakub might be getting his Yakub off at this email. I mean, hey man, I'm not here to judge. <laughs> uh, the third is Discovery Battle at the Pinary Stars. <laughs> Alright, that one's the best one. Good thing you saved it for last. <laughs> I was going to do one for Discovery, but they already have two full blown whizzing Klingon dicks. <laughs> 
You're scrubbing toilets, Lieutenant Commander Janitor Yakub of the USS Urinal Cake. Why would they piss out of both dicks? It doesn't make any fucking sense. It saves time? It's not. It's taking more energy. So, like, when you piss, right, like... Like, this is the one thing I took. This is the one you thing. You are a wiener scientist. This is the one thing that actual me remembers from <laughs> biology. Like, when you piss, your body isn't just, like, releasing piss. Like, your dick and, like, your urethra or your, like, vagina or, what, like, your, your urethra. Your in urethra. There. Like, it's, like, filtering out stuff. And it's, like, there's, like, this thing. I think it's called, like, the potassium pump or something. I don't know why I remember that. I could be totally wrong. But it's, like, doing shit. So, like, you're expending energy when you're pissing. Like, every function that your body does requires energy. Like, a redundant dick would only mean that you're spending double the energy to piss. It's ridiculous. Anyway. <laughs> why are we talking about piss? We're going to talk about piss. We're going to talk about fucking piss then. <laughs> I'm going to get serious about this. <laughs> uh, thanks for that email, Yakub. Hopefully you got your nut. Our next email <laughs> is from Sean. Boston Hi, Sean. Sean himself. What did they call him today in the Discord? They called him something silly. I don't know. I think it was Rich there. called him, like, something Sean Dupree. I don't remember. It was funny. <laughs> Boston <laughs> Sean Dupree. <laughs> That's better. Nice. It's entitled, Let's Hear It For The Track Boys. Oh, I love that song. That's a good song. Hey guys, big fan of carefully laid out plans here. Are you? I'm not so much. <laughs> this episode cracks me up. I'm sure you talk about it on the podcast proper, but I love the idea of Tom Riker planning this daring heist for months, but forgetting to grow his beard. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's exactly what I said. Just grow your beard. Don't shave it. <laughs> I don't have much else to talk about, so I'll ask a question. Mm -hmm. What did you guys have for lunch today? Did you enjoy it? Good night. Petty Transport Officer Boston Sean still awaiting new assignment. Uh, I feel like if I tell you what I had for lunch, people are going to be like, why are you like this? <laughs> tell us, Josh. I had a grilled cheese sandwich with sausage thingy inside of it. S what type of sausage? Like a patty of sausage. There's like these That's little... ingenious. And then I dip it in A1, because I love A1, and you can put A1 on anything, and I that's what I mm. ate for lunch today. That was not my first choice for lunch today. I started eating chili, but I, I tasted it, and I was like, I don't, there's something wrong with this. I was like, this is not good. Like, I don't know. It felt weird. So I freaked out and didn't <laughs> eat it. Well, it's good that you didn't eat it then. Yeah, I could have died. Also, that doesn't sound that bad. I'd try it. It's delicious, but it's like ghetto food. It's like super yeah. fucking like last minute. Like, Why are you, you the eat? way you are? <laughs> you wanted know. someone to say it. I can tell. I don't know. I don't know why I'm this way. Uh, I had a nap for lunch. Oh, that's the best lunch. I had a nap like, for dinner. so we. I've didn't. eaten exactly one time today. I ate uh, fucking... Panda Express. That's I had meal. fried rice with teriyaki chicken and beef and brock on your fucking block. Oh man, I might go to Wawa after this and just fucking shamelessly 3 a.m. Wawa run. I'm gonna have to eat something. Like, as everyone learned in the previous email and also on my Twitter, if you follow me at underscore Jeff Pennington, uh, <laughs> someone tried to use the auger of existence on the side of my fucking building and <laughs> drilled directly into it. That's good. 
They just, they were drilling to put some sort of like power boxes on the side of the building for like eight fucking hours yesterday and today. You're like me, man. Like if like I'm a pretty like decent sleeper. Like, but if something wakes me up, like I get fucking furious. Like, dude, I was so mad. <laughs> I, like, I don't know how many times. Like, me and me and my girlfriend like like spent like t- like a night in this hotel one time, and like there was like a party going on, and it, it like didn't wake her up, but it woke me up, and I immediately was like, oh no, this is my whole night now. And like yeah. I was like calling, the, I had to like call the fucking police and shit. And I was like, look guys, like I don't want to. Like they're like kids. I was like, look, I get it, guys. Like. I don't want to, like, do, like, I don't want to, like, have to get you in trouble, because, like, I get it. I was, like, 20, I know, you know? I was like, can you just shut up? And they didn't, and I was like, all right, all right, <laughs> fuck yeah. you, you know? like That was that was one night in yeah. a hotel room me and my wife stayed in, and, like, these people had this party next door, and yeah. they were just, like, screaming every word they said. It was only, yeah. like, six people. Yeah. And they were just screaming every word they said and playing this loud fucking throbbing music. Dude, and like I, I went. O- I was gonna go over there, and like I opened it. I went to the door to go over there, and some dude walked out with a gun tucked in his fucking pant pocket. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, all right, I think I will not bother these people. Dude, that's crazy. Like, like a revolver or like a Glock? Like what kind of it gun? It was like a, it was like a nine millimeter. Yeah, like a Beretta or something. Keep that fucking thing on him, I guess. Yeah, I definitely would have called the police at that point. I'm like, there's a guy over there with a gun, and he's answering was, the door with a gun. It was West Virginia. I think it was Ohio or something, but, like, fucking, it was gun country. Oh, you need so. him for the Bigfoots in Ohio. Yeah. Is that, where, <laughs> is that where Bigfoot is from? I thought he was from the Northwest. No, apparently there's, like, all kinds of weird shit in Ohio. Like, there's all kinds of crazy shit people see. Like, Mothman-esque type shit. Like, flying things yeah. and shit like that. Fucking uh, knockoffs. Fake fake Mothman. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Mothman is the best cryptid. He's from West Virginia. He's the only good thing from there. My favorite and... is, have you heard about the Predator cryptid? Like, this, like pixelated weird invisible thing people see that's my new favorite no i've never heard of that that's cool but mothman's like a solid number two (laughs) i don't know can the predator cryptid rip a bridge down by himself (laughs) no i thought that they thought that he was trying to warn people isn't that part of it he was calling him to dunk on him like fuck i'm gonna rip your bridge down bitch we gonna do about it don't fuck with mothman dude what are you gonna do about it richard gear fucking Pussy. Mothman rules because it flies. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Mothman uh, was a crane, apparently. Like, the bird. They just migrated, like, in a different pattern that year and got lost. And oh, and people saw Pleasant. that and they were like, it's And people Mothman. saw the crane and they were like, oh my god, a fucking monster. Yeah. I've never seen the Jersey Devil or know anybody who's ever seen. But in true New Jersey fashion, like, it's like the boboist cryptid ever. It's just Satan. He just looks like Satan. Is he a devil? I don't even know what it is. Like, is I it a, he, what is it? He's like a, he was a boy that was born with horns. Oh, like right, from red. a lady. There's like a woman, right? So he's, he's like yeah. the 13th child. That's what it is. Yeah, you know the story, yeah. I, I know cryptids. I don't know why, but it's, I do. It's, it's, I love this shit. Mike and I talk about this shit all the time, Mike Sadorf. We always would be like telling each other these goofy cryptid stories and shit. There, there's something fascinating about cryptids because they are so goofy. 
Some of them are absolutely ridiculous. Like yes, like the little people. Like yeah, did you hear about like the little people? Like the little miniature tiny people they people see. It's fucking weird as shit. The leprechauns, like gremlins. Well, there's like leprechauns, but now there's like I guess they're called like duendies or something. Like they're like little like little like two foot tall people, and some of them are like two foot tall like Native Americans. It's fucking crazy, uh, it's dude. It's whatever you can do to get on that cryptid list, baby. <laughs> I like the I like the legend of Indrid Cold and in that people got bored of him and decided he was also the Mothman at a certain point. <laughs> well, yeah. Everything's the Mothman. It all just like it's like is it a Mothman? Sure, why the, not? The fucking like Indrid Cold was like a man in black type thing. Yeah. He would like show up when you knew something you weren't supposed to right. and then you would disappear. Right. And he had like a horror. He always smiled this horrible smile. Oh, that's like Hat Man. There's Hat Man now. Like Dude. he was always just like his smile was a little off and he yeah. was always smiling. Yeah. And it was very unsettling. And then at a certain point they were like, ah, he's the Mothman too. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Now there's like in the ha- fucking Richard Gere movie. He's the, the Mothman introduces himself as Indrid Cold. Oh, they just like retcon. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah. That's dumb. Yeah, hey, Hat Richard Gear. Hatman. You cool. like bridges? <laughs> Cuz I fucking don't. I've never seen that movie. I've never seen it. I haven't seen that movie either. <laughs> yeah. I have like no interest in seeing that movie. I just I just imagine in my head, the version that I I see in my brain is so much better. Like he calls up Richard Gear, and he's like, "Richard Gear, I'm gonna fuck your bridge up." <laughs> Fucking Richard Gear. Who should we hey, get to Helmar hey, Mothman you, vehicle? You you like crossing bodies of water? You better get your shit in soon. I'm knocking this bridge down. <laughs> it's coming down, baby. <laughs> Is that what the movie's about, even? No. He's literally, he's like calling to warn them. Like, he calls to warn about, like, a meltdown in Ohio. He's like, hey, Richard Gere, uh, like, 99 what? people are going to die in Ohio. You should stop it. Anyway, what? bye. So the Mothman is a good guy, see? Yeah, he's a good guy. He's like a superhero. He's like Batman, but, like, stupider. He's like really shitty Batman yeah. in that he doesn't fight crime. He calls someone to do it for he him. He just warns somebody in authority. Not even because Richard Gere is like a writer. No, he's or just a yeah, he's a writer. Yeah. And uh, there's like a supernatural element to it because his wife dies and before she dies she uh, scribbles a bunch of drawings of Mothman. Oh well there's that thing with like Hatman and like like if you think about Hatman. Why Hat is Man, that scary? Why is that scary? Hatman. Because he's like Apparently, like his, like now we're talking about this. Now we get getting into this. Is that the Baba Duke? Uh, no, it, it like he's like a, a guy who wears like a trench coat and has like a like a fedora and he smiles. I, mean, I already don't like him. He smiles creepy <laughs> and he like shows up at night and like just smiles at you and shit. He's That's fucking a creeper. Creepy he's a creeper man. He's yeah, like he's like a slender man. He's he's like a regular creeper man. He's gonna show you his dick. He's just That's why he's pervert. got the trench coat on. If he starts talking about pee. You watch out. He's <laughs> he's a he's an incel. He's why he's wearing the fedora. That's he, he's, he liked the Matrix too much in 1999. <laughs>
The Matrix now, like, when you watched The Matrix in 1999, you were like, wow, this is the, like, club scene in 1999. Right, it's exactly how it was. This is what's happening now. But now it's And you watch it now, and it's like, look at this fantasy world he's in. Like, do you remember, like, Industrial? Like, it was, dude, I went to, like, like an industrial thing one time, and I was like, I'm in the fucking Matrix. Where's the Merovingian? I was a child. I I couldn't go to those. That's right, you were very young. I was three years younger than you. <laughs> you were a uh, wee babe. Thanks for that email asking about our lunch, Sean. <laughs> what did you eat? Oh, Pan Express, right? Yeah, I had that for dinner, so, which I guess is my lunch if I go out and eat something else after this. <laughs> uh, our next email is from Charles, and uh, it is entitled, Fun Fact, Klingon Black Metal is Considered Soothing. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Uh, do you guys want a fresh dose of Boston Sean's double whipped country style, twice baked, all natural, nicely aged, pitch it or ditch it? Uh, fuck yeah, I do. It sounds really nice. TNG, the crew discovers a ship adrift, captained by a man who never made it into Starfleet. He talks about how he feels like Starfleet was better back when Captain Kirk was around. It's discovered that he wants the adventure, but has no interest in keeping a ship fixed enough or safe enough to fly. <laughs> He's like the epi- a hobo. <laughs> the episode ends with Jordy showing a battle simulation with Kirk, who tells them that if he can't keep his people safe, he has no business on the bridge. Mm. That's. I feel like this is a reference to something I'm not getting. Yeah, I, I, it's either a reference to something that I also don't know, or it's like a really good like beginning of an episode. Like I think that. Like, there's, like, something there, right? You got the g- a good ending, and then he's like, oh, I could be a captain. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's, like, a child. Maybe he's, like, a kid. Maybe it's, like, a cadet. You could do this with a cadet. Uh, yeah. I feel like if they find a ship adrift for the man who isn't in Starfleet, that would be a problem. Well, it's not a Starfleet vessel. Like, he's just on, like, a transport like ship. Like a pod like. or something. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, and he's, he's out there trying to go on an adventure, but he's, like, causing the shit like he's got a crew and he's like gonna cause them all to die because he's an idiot right he doesn't want to fix his ship and kirk in the holodeck is like if you don't keep your people safe you have no business being a captain (laughs) and then he gives him a decoder ring and says don't forget to drink your ovaltine and then the the shitty captain becomes a good captain because he drinks his ovaltine i love ovaltine buy ovaltine kids yo ovaltine's goddamn good I don't think I've ever had. It's like you think it sucks because it's old, but it's amazing. It's so good. Josh, how old are you? One hundred and seven. <laughs> this dude's drinking Ovaltine. I I house said for a guy one time all summer, and he had Ovaltine, and he said like he's like eat all the food. He's like eat everything, and I was like okay. <laughs> so I just was like oh, okay, I'll try this Ovaltine, right? And I like. Like made it, and I was like, "Yo, Ovaltine rules." <laughs> Yo, isn't Ovaltine just like old people Nestle Quick? It's just Nestle Quick for old people, yeah. <laughs> but it's good. So it's great then. It's fucking. Good. It's like more powdery. I don't really like Nestle Quick's more sugary, right? But like Ovaltine is a little more like a powder. Uh, I guess. I well, know. let's let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I oh, did we pitch it? Pitch Wait. it. Yeah, I'll pitch that. And I'll, he says, v- the next pitch is Voyager. Okay. Really? Ditch it already? All right, fine. Yep. You keep, got it. Keep up, keep up the good work, guys. Charles of Starfleet Intelligence. Whoa, what? Ooh. I'm not messing Starfleet with that guy. Good to have a friend He's, in that place, though. 
He's not Section 31 yet. <laughs> nah, Section 31's stupid. Yeah. How many people are in Section 31? Like, two? Like, I always thought there was, like... Like, you never knew, right? Like, it was, like, always just, like, Sloan. Anyway. That was sort of the idea, I guess, is you yeah. never know how big the operation actually is. And then is. in the new movies, they're like, here's 58,000 people in this building. Oh, okay. Well, there goes the mystery of Section 31, then. It's an office building. Yeah, it's just... They're all just doing office it's work. It's just the FBI. It's like, go to the FBI building. Okay. Well, our next email is from a different Sean. Okay, so many. His name is Sean, and it is entitled, The Usual Trekking. Okay. He begins, hey, Satellite of Love, how's it, uh, wait, wrong That's show. That's a different show. It's a much better show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Jeff, Josh, maybe Kevin, better known as them there Trek boys, how's it going? Hi. Good, Good to hear. Good. <laughs> it's me, the Sean that joined up with Cool Crimes and Quote. What? <laughs> Not to be confused with the one from Earth Boston. Okay, yeah, okay. Cool Crimes Inc. is getting bigger, man. I know, I'm not, like, I'm, like, kind of nervous about this Cool Crimes Inc. shit. It's like the Thieves Guild. <laughs> they're, like, they're like regaining their ways. I don't know what to think about it. It's scary. We don't have anything worth stealing. Yeah, they don't have the skeleton key yet, so. Oh, my God. They'll be unstoppable. If they get the skeleton key, yeah. They have the skeleton hand. You just put it on all the scanners <laughs> on the pad. and you in everywhere. Yeah. It's, just, it's just Admiral Paris's hand. <laughs> It's like a monkey paw, but it's his <laughs> It also grants wishes. So I recently returned from my temporal heist stuff, and boy howdy, did I come away with some sweet loot. Turns out I'm the reason why the this section has been redacted by Fleet Command exists. What? <laughs> like I said, lots of cool loot. If you check in Kevin Clone Tube C02, <laughs> you'll find redacted and retrieved item. Your cloning operation has been noted by command. What? Oh. No. Why would you tell them about us cloning you him? You fucking told on us? Yo, you're a shitty criminal, dude. First of all, us under the fucking bus. You come here bragging about your loot, which is like, man, you good criminals don't do that shit. Second of all, you told them about our clones. Ugh. How are we going to clone Kevin when he dies now? I don't know. I don't know. Dude slips on a banana peel comically <laughs> and breaks his neck like twice a day. <laughs> it's fucking funny, though. Anyway, back to blending in as a securities officer on the good ship USS Mock Antony. <laughs> I was told to say it like an Italian mother. <laughs> Mark Antony. Mark Antony, why don't you come visit your mama no more? I got the good Stromboli, Mark Antony. Mark Antony, why don't you drive to South Philly? We watch Eagles. <laughs> oh fuck! I'm so used to hearing Eagles, an Eagle now. Because you're in I, Pennsylvania. I got the giant eagle, and it's the Eagle, oh, the giant so, Eagle. Uh, people where I'm from don't say that, but you know they say it here. Yeah. <laughs> our uh, final email of the night is also our final email of Rich Masters collection. No, I'm so not ready for this. It is entitled Finale. Oh no. Hey J boys. What? So here it is. <laughs> the 24th episode. Oh my god. 
We've had the Bynar, Loxana, Armas, Agorn, the Orion Syndicate, Andorians, Time Travel, Intelligent Diseases, Hawk, Barkley, Guinan, being an XQ, some Borg, a Freaky Friday? That's right. We did, I was, we did get Freaky Friday. <laughs> I forgot. I was going to give you a full rundown of the episodes to see which ones you remembered, but I'll save that for the season break. It's been a long time. <laughs> Getting, Getting from, from here to there. there. It's been a long road. Oh no! Reading emails from, from rich masters. masters. Oh man! Uh, here goes. Let's finish off this bitch. The Shit. series. He's pulling that band Wesley. <laughs> Whoa! What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up, boys. This bitch is a large one. Oh my god! So if you need to take a potty break, okay, now would be the time. How long is it? Would you say it's it's a long one? Okay. Um, you want to take an actual break? Sure. Well, this is the first emails break we've ever taken. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the finale of Rich Masters Star Trek Season Eight Collection. Oh fuck! You're not gonna miss this. Hey guys, in the meantime, here's another track from uh, Vitizen, who does our new intro music on the main podcast. Uh, this one's called Wonder. On Twitter, go follow him at underscore Vitizen underscore. That's underscore V-I-D-A-Z-E-N underscore. Or on YouTube, just Vitizen. Spelled the same way. Check it out.
And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully that whetted your appetite, tantalized you for this oh, amazing tale. My tantal has been eyes. <laughs> Ew. Um, <laughs> kind of gross. Previously on Star Trek The Next Generation Season 8. Oh my god. Wesley abandoned the Traveler using his new his newly developed abilities of reality traversal to further understand his father's death and was able to interact with him just before the fateful away mission where Jack Crusher died. That's right. Returning to his own reality, Wesley is confronted with a radically different Earth and is arrested for trying to access information on his former crewmates. Idiot. When he's taken before a tribunal of Starfleet admirals, he learns Starfleet is taking control of the Federation, which has been confined to six sectors of space for some undisclosed reason. With Starfleet hmm. pinned in, enemies are circling, and they are at war with most of the major players in the Quadrant. It is only then that Wesley realizes he has crossed back into the wrong reality and is unable to return to his own. Way to go, ding-dong. Helped by Captain Tuvok, Wesley, an idiot, is taken to the Enterprise. <laughs> He's convinced that if he could talk to his former captain, then Picard can help th put things right. Unfortunately for him, Picard is dead, and the captain of the Enterprise is none other than Jack Crusher. Oh, his dumb dad, he's dumb. And now... The season finale. It's been a long road. <laughs> Getting from there to here. It's been a long, long time, time since I read emails right here. I don't know. Yeah, that was uh, good. Jack Crusher recognizes Wesley instantly and orders Shelby to arrange for him to be sent to the brig. Wesley resists, telling Captain Crusher that he's his son, but Crusher erupts into a fury and demands Shelby remove him from his sight. What the fuck? Oh, this this Wesley must have been a dickhole or something. This Wesley's probably dead. Yeah, he probably was a, a dead dickhole. Well, he was definitely a dickhole. I mean, that's, yeah, that's pretty standard for the model. This e That evening, Captain Crusher goes back to his quarters where Beverly is keen to talk to him. She's heard about the man who says he's their son. Jack is annoyed at the lack of confidentiality on the ship, but his wife calms him down. Can't keep anything from my wife! <laughs> In this reality, they've been trying to have a baby for years, but to no avail. There you go. Beverly gave up her commission to support a, a Jack broken by guilt over the death of his friend. She's followed him throughout his career and is working as a civilian researcher on the Enterprise. She asks if it could be true, if this Wesley could be their son somehow. Jack says it can't be possible, but confides that he met this boy over 20 years ago on the Stargazer. That meeting made Jack Crusher think twice about volunteering for the mission where Picard had to order him to his death in our reality. Instead, Picard died in his place. Jack Damn, says, you fucking idiot! You, Wesley! Wesley, you killed Picard! That's like killing my dad. My real dad, Picard. Yeah, Captain Gene Luck Picard. That's the thing. Josh and I are actually brothers, and Picard is our real father. Yeah, sorry. That's what the new show is about. <laughs> it's about Picard's two shitty sons who he hates. <laughs> My dumb kids do a podcast, whatever the fuck that is. I was the greatest Starfleet captain ever, and my two sons are two idiots who do nothing all day. <laughs> Xanax, hot. <laughs> <laughs> Replicates the Xanax. Jack says that the boy hasn't aged and that he re represents all of Jack's fury, guilt, and questions about that day. Hmm. In the morning, when Jack has started his shift on the bridge, Beverly talks a friendly security officer into letting her see Wesley. 
Despite his emotional outpouring, she treats Wesley with suspicion, distraught at the pain this fake son is causing her. As she's about to leave, Wesley tells the story of how Jack proposed with a book called How to Advance Your Career Through Marriage, a story only her, Jack, and Jean-Luc Picard knew. Starting to believe him, she asks Wesley about his life. Beverly, in return, discloses information about what has happened in this reality over the past 20 years. Oh, God, this is what I really want to know. <laughs> a confrontation with the Q Continuum that what? won him the turn back, which Starfleet ignored, thinking is posturing. The Duras family rose to take control of the Klingon Empire without anyone to challenge their machinations in the Klingon High Council. Oh, my God. Picard is the George Kirk of this reality. <laughs> Except that makes sense. Yeah, that, like, matters. <laughs> Poor negotiations and altercations at the neutral zone caused war to break out with the Romulans. Without a certain influence in Ben Sisko's life, he never had the push to join DS9, and Starfleet left the station to be picked apart by the Cardassian Empire, all but wiping out Bajor. Then, growing tired of the instability humanity had caused, the Q gathered 80% of the fleet at Wolf 359 and obliterated them forcing them back to control only six sectors of space and warning them not to overstretch again. Wesley quickly wow. realizes that one thing has caused all of this, Jean-Luc Picard's absence. This reality blows dicks. Yeah, also, Jack Crusher sucks a dick. He didn't do any of the good stuff Picard did. He couldn't handle it. He couldn't cut it. He's cheese corn, man. <laughs> Fucking Captain Cheeseblower over here. <laughs> Fucking... Suck my corny dick, dude. Beverly convinces the guard to let him go out so that she can take him to the captain. Initially furious when they step off the turbo lift, Jack orders his wife and Wesley to the ready room where he berates her for undermining him. Bev, gotta take the chance while I still can, puts him <laughs> in his place, saying this is more important than his ego. Yeah, suck on that shit, bitch. <laughs> Wesley's conversation with Jack is brutal. Wesley explaining that he is responsible for the creation of this reality and all the misery caused to humanity. Just like Wheaton in real life. Whoa! Fucking dunk <laughs> hard on it, bitch. And that Jack should have died instead of Picard. The admission is like a bucket of cold water in Jack's face. He always knew that Jean-Luc's fate was somehow meant for him instead. He sinks into his chair as Wesley explains what's happened, but then seems to become a bit more bolstered as Wesley discusses his only memory of Jack. A hollow recording where Jack explained he already felt this intrinsic connection between them when Wesley was ten days old. Wesley asks if he can feel that connection now. Exiting the room, Captain Crusher gives the order to set a course to the Deneb sector, just outside the newly established Cardassian Federation border. Oh god, they're so close. Days later, they arrive at the exact coordinates the Enterprise first encountered Q on their way to Farpoint Station. They wait for nearly a day before being attacked by two new-style Cardassian warships. The Enterprise, massively outgunned in this reality, looks to be in dire straits until Q enters the space between them with a netted wall of energy. Oh god, his stupid space net again? <laughs> he fucking loves that gag. Uh, throw my net. Q demands to know what Starfleet are doing here, and Captain Crusher explains they are here to discuss a matter of grave importance, gesturing at Wesley. Q sends the Cardassians back to Cardassia Prime. Bye, losers. <laughs> before drawing Wesley to a familiar-looking courtroom. That's great. Judge Q presides as he did over Picard all those are years ago. Are the weirdo mutants there, or is it just him? It's gotta be. Gotta I would love it mutants. if it was just empty. Like, that would be so cool. 
I would love like, it if they got all the same shitty mutants back. No, it should just be <laughs> him and, and Wesley, right? Like, yeah, that would be pretty good. Like, it's very because like, it's like different and it's like it's like very bleak. You know, what would be the, a good middle point between the two things we want is it's completely empty until Q says something that dunks on humanity and, and then, then there's it a crowd of people in. like it cuts like the camera doesn't yeah. cut and there's a crowd of people roaring and then it does a cut away and they're not and there anymore oh that's really creepy I like that man I should be right now are you afraid of the dark over here oh my god I'm spooked out of my <laughs> mind right now Q doesn't recognize Wesley at all and gives him short shrift asking the boy what he has to say that will stop him from destroying his ship Wesley explains it's not his ship, that it's not even his universe, a fact which makes Q's eyes widen in horror. You, he mutters. He calls him a contemptuous child playing with things he doesn't understand, that by crossing over, he has destroyed every single other reality except this one, and his universe of origin. What an idiot. Q tells Wesley he's even endangering these last realities, and if he doesn't go back, both realities will be destroyed. If he if he does go back, this reality certainly will die. Well. Go metal, Q Mox. That's what you're good at, isn't it? <laughs> he sends the boy back to the Enterprise and transports them all back to Starfleet space. <laughs> this Q kind of stinks. Yeah, Q's kind of a dickhole in this one. Yeah, I like when Q's like kind of not a dickhole. Yeah, but... I like it when Q's a clown. Yeah, when he's silly and I want to, like, play with him. <laughs> In the ready room, and after some scans by Dr. Salar... Oh, I like this episode already! Oh my god! A, a data unchallenged by Picard to become more human confirms the boy is emitting a harmonic signature unique to his own reality, and that subspace around him is showing signs of enhanced breakdown. Rich put Dr. Salar in there as, like, a prize for he, you. He knew if he put her in there, this would be a better episode for me. He knew it. <laughs> there would be dire consequences if he were to stay. Reality may collapse in on itself. Options? asked Captain Crusher. Commander Shelby suggests they could use the boys' knowledge of events to gain tactical advantages to turn the tide against the aggressors while researching a way to send him back safely. Mm -hmm. But super robotic data has a simpler solution. Kill him, Data explains. What? He explains that theoretically, the degradation should stop if they could convert his matter into antimatter. Jack clears the room to consider each action, then leaves to talk to Beverly. He admits to her that he would do whatever it took to get the, their son back to his own reality, even if it meant the destruction of the ship and their whole universe. He asks his wife if she thinks that's selfish. Yes, she replies, but I'd do the same exact thing. Yeah, parents are fucking crazy. Yeah, no doubt, bro. <laughs> you know what I don't care about? Your dumb kid. I want to <laughs> live. <laughs> they talk to Wesley and tell him they're going to do whatever it takes to send him back. Wesley refuses, saying he can't have trillions more deaths on his conscience, and that he wants to find a way to do it safely. He's already thought of a few things that might help them fight their wars and get him back to safety. Shit. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. Haven't slept in two days. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Wesley has uh, ideas that'll help them fight their wars and get him back safely. But it'll be tricky. They'd need to, the gravity-distorting components of both the Klingon bird of prey and a Romulan warbird to recreate his reality engine. Oh Wes my god, we're heisting some ships. <laughs> Wesley will reveal Starfleet armament knowledge from his reality, and he, Data, and O'Brien could make modifications to the ship to give them a tactical advantage over their foes. 
but they need the components fast. If only they had Worf. Captain Crusher's interest peaks. Why, he asks. Wesley reveals the Duras' deceptions in his reality, that both the Romulans and the Klingons might be drawn out to kill the potential loose threat of Worf in order to keep their secret alliance intact. Ooh, smart. Captain Crusher tells Wesley to come with him. It's a little smart for Wesley, actually. <laughs> it's a rich master's smart, not a Wesley smart. <laughs> in a secret area of the brig, Worf sits a broken man. He's what the in, fuck? He's been in solitary confinement since the day the Klingons declared war. Starfleet never gave him to the Romulans uh, or Klingons. They fucking Nisaid him. <laughs> yeah, they like sent him to a camp. They never gave him to the Romulans or Klingons despite their initial request, believing he knew something. That made Starfleet suspicious. And so Worf has been kept prisoner in secret aboard the Enterprise ever since, despite his protestations of innocence. Wesley protests at this barbarity, and Jack admits that Starfleet has become a very different place after all of their losses. Worf refuses to help them, until he realizes he could restore some honor and die in battle, then agrees. That was easy. As the Enterprise, that should have been the first thing they said to him. Yeah. Like, years ago. As the yeah. Enterprise arrives at the Caleb Sector... Deep inside Klingon space, Worf is being trained for the mission to pose as an escaped Starfleet prisoner and get aboard a bird of prey, sabotaging the ship as the Enterprise draws a Romulan warbird and disables it using Wesley's ship upgrades. Worf and Data, who would not register as a life form to the Klingons' sensors, leave by shuttle and send out a distress signal to the Klingons. The two of them are picked up by a Klingon ship as a Romulan ship decloaks to attack the waiting Enterprise. What? While Data and Worf fight their way to the engine room of the Bird of Prey, the Enterprise works to disable the Warbird. Data is able to bypass bridge controls and coldly vents the Klingon crew into space. <laughs> Holy shit, I kind of love this Data. This Data is cold as ice. Dude, he's, he's fucking fully functional when it comes to death. <laughs> Worf is outraged and cuts Data's head off with a downed Klingon's batleth. What? but is then asphyxiated by the venting. The Enterprise, while catastrophically damaged, is able to disable the Romulan vessel and send boarding parties across to secure the badly damaged ship and execute the crew. God damn! Whoa! Wesley is horrified by Jack's method to subdue both ships, but Jack explains that this universe isn't worth saving, that his aim has always oh been to God. send Wesley back at any cost. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, like... We were kind of talking about with that with like uh, the Dwemer. Like, if you knew, like it didn't matter. Like, whatever, right? <laughs> like, yeah. fuck it. It's just who a cares? dream to them. They don't give a fuck, right? That's like Doctor Manhattan. Just like he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Whatever. Why would I have a stake in a world that yeah. no longer matters yep. to my blue dick? Uh, now Wesley <laughs> has to prepare his reality engine and get back home before the Klingon and Romulan fleets can detect that they detect on their sensors can arrive. Working tirelessly with O'Brien to build his reality engine, Wesley is up against the clock as the Enterprise valiantly tries to fend off attacks from scores of other ships. As Wesley finishes his machine, he turns it on, and nothing. Oh no. Wesley is horrified, unable to explain why his machine hasn't worked, why his intellect hasn't saved him. As the Enterprise goes into a warp core breach, he runs to see his father one last time, but doesn't reach the bridge before the ship explodes. What? Wesley awakens, back on the floor of Q's courtroom, where the Traveler sits waiting for him. 
Oh, they're best friends. Wesley is so grateful to see his former friend that he begs him for forgiveness. Forgiveness must be earned, Wesley, the Traveler says. If you haven't learned the last lesson, then I can't help you. Damn. Wesley asks why the Traveler brought him here in the Q's courtroom, and with a smile, the Traveler reveals himself to be Q. What? Holy shit. He what? Re- he reveals he was never really that comfortable with Picard's adoration for this little arrogant child and wanted to test exactly what he was made of by giving him a small fraction of the power of the Q. For oh a while, when he wasn't insufferable, when he didn't believe his own uniqueness was something to be held over anyone, he showed <laughs> a spark of godlike ability far beyond the Q. But for everything Q saw in Picard, Q sees nothing but a void in Wesley. <laughs> Oh my god. Wasted potential versus Picard's boundless capacity. Picard seeks out new life, new challenges beyond his reckoning, explains Q. You, with all the power I gave you, look inward, backwards, to the smallest parts of existence. We have been at this point countless times. I have given you the chance to go back, to go forward, to understand the possibilities of the universe. But you are transfixed, stuck in time. Oh, man. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Fucking the hardest dunk comes from Q, the master of all dunks. Dude. This My is f- like me and you fucking porno fan fiction right now. <laughs> my father, Wesley says, it's because of my feelings about him. I haven't grown since I understood what his death meant. I aged, gathered experience, but I didn't become anything new. Wesley suddenly realizes what Q is saying. How many chances have you given me? Q says simply, 14, and this was to be the last time. Q's got a hard cap on 15 chances. (laughs) Doesn't even do 15. 14 is it. Once you've done 14, 14, that's uh, it. This was 14. I get it. I see, yeah. Wesley begs for one more chance, offering to renounce all of his power. All of it. I give it all up, Wesley cries. What use is power in an empty universe, says Q. Everything is dead because of you. Why would I put things in order for you to destroy them all over again? Then wipe me from away from existence. Replace me. Let someone else, some other potential me, be what I could never achieve. I don't deserve to go back. Just let me put things back together. Mm-hmm. At Wesley's admission, Q raises a brow. No. I want you to go back and I'll put the realities back together. The universe and multiverse will be restored. But you, Wesley Crusher must consider, consider the boundless potential of humanity against the memory of a dead man. I will give you one final chance to do this, or the continuum will start over. Existence remade. I might make the Klingons fish people this time. <laughs> There's Q. <laughs> With a click, Wesley arrives exactly where he needs to be, as Jean-Luc Picard stands in his quarters a day before he takes command of the Enterprise, packing his belongings and looking at a picture of him, Jack, and Beverly. Wesley startles the captain, who thinks it's Jack at first. Wesley explains that there's something only Picard can do. That tomorrow, a boy will step onto his bridge. That against his better judgment, he should nurture him, teach him to be a better man, to encourage him to explore the universe, and when he comes back, to allow him to apologize to Picard for being an idiot. He leaves the surprised Picard alone. Back in the present, Wesley... This probably isn't going to fuck shit up. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the present, Wesley Crusher knocks on Captain Picard's door on the Enterprise-E. Jean-Luc answers the door. Will you allow an idiot to apologize, Wesley says. 
Picard embraces him. <laughs> the next day, Wesley aims to leave the Enterprise E and depart to rejoin Starfleet Academy. He seems a changed person, leaving without fanfare or goodbyes. Jean-Luc meets him at the transporter pad and asks him how he's feeling. Wesley confides it was like having all the knowledge of the universe for a second and then having it ripped from him, but he feels better for it. It's an odd sensation. Picard asks him what he's planning to do with the rest of his life, and Wesley simply says, To be a better human than I was, it shouldn't be too hard. And then he beams <laughs> off the ship. Season end. Oh my god, he never changed. <laughs> Dude, shouldn't be too hard. That's... What a great ending. This is a great ending, a great episode that many people will love that CBS would have never done in a million they years. They never would have done it. And that's why that's why it's good. Yeah. All right. I mean, you you got me to like him for a second. It's true. It's the only it's time a, anyone ever has. Yeah. It's a it's a feat. That's a feat, man. Seeing uh. seeing him learn hubris learn like the problem of his hubris was really nice yeah it's cathartic it's what the show needed it's what like his character in the show needed this is like you should have sent this in for the redeem wesley crusher contest yeah maybe this was his idea he just didn't probably want it. so he he thought it was too good so he sent it yeah and he he finishes out his email by saying and with a huge sigh of relief i'm done Oh my god. I want to say a huge thank you to both of you for giving me a vehicle to tell these stories. No, man. You're the MVP, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, thank you. You don't thank us. Like, this is is so... uh, I'm, like, sad. Like, I don't want it to end, but, like, you're, like, a guy who has a life, and, like, these are incredible. Like, these are great. Thank you for, like sending them to us like i 100 percent understand why you're a professional writer because you've been able to in these i mean i make jokes about them being long and they're long for emails but they're short for stories right and you've managed to make stories that really like mean something in these short emails that you've sent us and that's a feat all unto itself that's crazy it's incredible uh one day to me damn it One day I'll figure out something to do with them that will maybe help my career, but for now it's been an absolute privilege to hear my stories read by and to people that matter a huge deal to me. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> Rich. You're about to make two grown men cry on this podcast. Damn it, man. What the fuck? Alright, I love you. Thank you, Rich. <laughs> Who the fuck do you think you are? What I are you love you. Coming in here, fucking making me love you. Fuck you, man. <laughs> I hope that everyone has enjoyed these, even some of the more basic or slightly well-trodden, scoff-cliche-ridden episodes. I don't think there were any of those. No. I'm just really, uh, I can see, like, a story. Like, you can write a story, and I can, like, see a story. You know what I mean? Like... It's, Some of the it's things because I, of your words that we yeah, see yes. this universe in yes. this way, you know? Yes, yes. It's like, t- like I was thinking of a character name. I think I talked about this on the last podcast. I was thinking of a character name for a Skyrim character, mm. and I think it was Terra Nima. Yeah, and it's from the show. And it's I was from, like, from oh, the, no. Ep- yeah. I was thinking of naming a character in a story I was writing that, and I was like, mm. no, that's from something. I can't rip it off. 
And I was like, wait, that's from that's from Rich's emails. It's his that's stories. And I awesome. remembered that character name as being this like amazing story name and you know it's a emails. good you know it's a good star trek uh story and name because like i do that with like with like uh the episodes of like the, the series like i'll think of a name and i'll be like i'll be like where does that name come from like what is this weird name in my head and then i'm like oh right it's from this episode of star trek right and you did that but with rich's email which is like yeah. really funny yeah it's it's they're beautiful man and like we yeah. appreciate it very much like our podcast it's just us reading dumb emails, and it became right. something a little bit more than that because of yours. Yep. So thank you. Um, and I hope you're ready for the next project, which will be probably put to a vote in a few weeks, as long oh as it's not God. DS9 Season 8. That scares me too much. That's... I don't know, man. That's, like, almost impossible. Season 8 of DS9 is, like... Like, what do you do what at do you that do? point, you know? Yeah. I mean... You could do stuff with Kira being in charge, you, but like, uh, we bring back Cisco because he like doesn't come back, right? Like yeah, he never comes not back. Not canonically, no. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Boys, it's been a tiring but rewarding honor. Signed, Rich, crew member of the USS Discord, the absolute <laughs> best ship in the fleet. Oh my God! He's such a sweet boy, and I love it. I'm gonna kiss your British lips. He's also very handsome. You ever seen a photo of him? I've never seen a photo. He looks of him. like a stock moto, uh, stock photo model. Is he the guy from the middle class fancy stock photos? Do you follow middle class fancy? I do not. I do not follow that. You, on but Instagram? he's he takes all these photos with his wife and the, uh, their adopted son. I believe. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a son. Mm-hmm. He takes all these photos and it looks one hundred percent like the Sears catalog. <laughs> like well, I need to see him now. Where is he? He's he's in England. <laughs> he's he's on the Discord at. Uh, Is his picture become. there? Yeah, he posts he posted a picture. I posted a picture of me right before college in there the other day too. So if you want to see those photos, let me look here. You'd have to scroll back pretty far. Oh, I can't scroll. I got all There's but, like uh, forty-eight thousand messages. Oh yeah, it's a it's a hopping. Discord. It's not yeah, like it's so hopping like some people's where you can't get a word in edgewise. No, it's but a nice it's always hopping. active. And uh, you can become a member of that Discord and meet Rich Masters in person. Meet Boston Sean in person. Meet Pizza Man. <laughs> you could you could meet all these real celebrities of our podcast. <laughs> and even Man. get a chance to even get a chance to me, uh, talk to me and Josh every now and then. If yeah, I've been on going on. I've been going on like once a day. That's sweet. I try. To, I try to get on there and, you know, dick around, kiss some babies. <laughs> yeah, get some new voters. <laughs> uh, you can you can get on our Discord for as low as one dollar a month pledge at Patreon.com/slash/MClassPodcast. Oh yeah. And uh, nobody has been unhappy with their pledge yet. Everybody loves the Discord, has a great time. They become like a second family to you there. Yeah, it's great. It's a great Discord. And uh, it's the only Discord I've ever been in that's almost always active, no matter what time yeah, of the day you go in constant. there. it's constant. I just went in there right now, and there's like people talking to each other. It's like crazy. Yeah, there it's are like people... It's 2.30 in the morning here. When I like can't sleep at night, I'll go in there at like four thirty in the morning, and yeah. like all of like the people in England, they're all yeah, awake. all the Great Britoners are in there talking. 
we have fans all over the world, so at any time of day, you're likely to get a conversation in there. Yep. Weekends are kind of quiet, I've noticed, but that's people when are out getting crunk. Getting drunk, yeah. Eating their Joomja sticks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, head on over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast, become a patron today, and support us, support all these cool emails we get because if we didn't make money on this podcast we would die and not be able to read them to you yeah skeletons can't read because the eyeballs they don't have any yeah they also have no vocal cords right or fingers for braille their your skin can't feel the braille either no bones can't feel so (laughs) sorry if i hurt any skeletons feelings my skeleton is wounded (laughs) i bet it is um (laughs) You can find us on Twitter at underscore Jeff Pennington. Just kidding. At M Class Podcast. <laughs> there we go. I'm used to doing that at the end of original characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at M Class Podcast. You can send in an email to this show at uh, M Class Email at gmail.com, and it might be read on the air by these sexy lips. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I'm getting so kiss ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know what that means. I think um, you know what it means. <laughs> I'm licking my smackers. I mean, I mean, yeah. So follow us on Twitter, send us an email, become a patron, join our Discord, meet all of our fun friends, mm-hmm. and just do all the cool things and be a cool person. Yeah, become a part of this awesome community that we are very grateful for. It's unbelievably grateful since, yeah. like, internet communities tend to suck a dick, and ours is great. Yeah, it's weird, like, how good ours is. It's super weird. I'm not just blowing smoke up your collective asses here, either. You guys are up really scant, awesome. Up your scant hole. <laughs> <laughs> that's a new one that's going to last that bad. I'm not just blowing smoke up your, up scant, your scant hole, hole. here. That's how, they say it. that's how they say it in the 23rd, 24th century. Uh, but do all those things and tune in next week for more M-Class goodness where these two handsome fellas will be back to whisper sweet nothings into your ears. I'm getting ready. I'm licking my smackers. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, mm. <laughs> I'm coughing. Oh, my God. See you, everybody. We'll Bye. be back next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.